Law and Liberty. This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu to download this book or purchase a physical copy. Law and Liberty. Russus J. Rushdoony. Copyright 1984 and 2009. Alicito, California. Chapter 28. The Flight from Knowledge. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., was not only the leading American champion of legal positivism, but he was also prominent in the relativistic hostility to knowledge. In a letter to Harold Lasky, dated October the 30th, 1930, Holmes observed, quote, I detest a man who knows what he knows, end quote. In part, Holmes' remark had reference to fanatics who manifested an irrational insistence on the truth of their position. But Holmes had more in mind than this. Basically, his position was the same as that of a later Chief Justice, Frederick Muravinson, who said, quote, Nothing is more certain in modern society than the principle that there are no absolutes. End quote. Vinson and Holmes were both relativists. For them, there was no truth, no absolute right or wrong. Their perspective was pragmatic and positivistic, and of course, anti Christian. The possibility of true knowledge concerning ultimate reality is denied by relativism. It is held that man cannot know God if he exists, nor can he know the world of nature truly. He can use reality, but he cannot truly know it. Not only this, but the attempt to gain knowledge is itself condemned. According to Kant, the father of sociology, the quest for meaning and knowledge represents the theoretical and metaphysical stages of history. Now, in the scientific stage, man moves not in terms of myth and meaning, not in terms of knowledge, but in terms of utility. The real question, we are told, is not, quote, what does this mean, end quote, but, quote, how can I use it, end quote. Man must renounce meaning and knowledge for the pragmatic use of things. The goal of learning, therefore, is not knowledge, but the power to manipulate. In dealing with either men or things, our purpose under pragmatism and relativism becomes not a knowledge of them, but the power to manipulate them. Education today is under the influence of this relativistic philosophy and expressive of it. Whether in its Marxist, existentialist, pragmatic, instrumentalist, progressivistic or other forms, modern education is hostile to knowledge and in flight from knowledge. Its negative function is to indoctrinate its subjects with a radical cynicism concerning the family, patriotism, religion, philosophy, theology and all things else. The student must be divorced from meaning and knowledge and married to power because it is held. Knowledge is power. As a result, all the traditional subjects have been changed. History is no longer treated as history, the knowledge of the past. It is social science now, the science of human control. And when the past is studied, it is in terms of controlling the present. Philosophy too has changed. It is no longer, as its name indicates, the love of wisdom or knowledge. Its basic disciplines, epistemology and metaphysics, are treated with contempt. Philosophy has become a tool of power. It is instrumental to science and social controls. The idea that true knowledge should be the goal of philosophy is ridiculed as pre-scientific expectation. Philosophy too is in full-scale retreat from knowledge. Much of philosophy has become logical analysis, the study of words and their use as instruments of power.
Semantics, too, is interested in language only in the instrumental sense. Thus, S.I. Hayakawa has observed, quote, Identification is something that goes on in the human nervous system. Quote, out there, unquote, there are no absolute identities, end quote. In other words, there is no truth, and therefore man is free to pioneer in this world without any restrictions or inhibitions. Education today is therefore concerned not with knowledge in its true sense, in its historic meaning, but the techniques of power. We call it technical education or technical knowledge, but it is simply the ability to use the techniques of a profession, not the knowledge of things. It becomes increasingly difficult in every sphere to speak in terms of knowledge. People are interested in power. Even in the churches, this basic pragmatism prevails. It is not knowledge of God and his word that men seek, but rather how to live more successfully, how to find peace, how to win friends and the like. The basic question asked of religion is this, quote, What is God doing for man? End quote. People go to church not to worship, not to submit themselves to God and to gain knowledge from God's word, but to advance themselves psychologically and socially. And increasingly, it is held that, that the church is not truly the church unless it works to further the social revolution. The church itself has become another pragmatic tool of humanistic man. The flight from knowledge means basically an antisocial movement. To deny that there is any absolute truth and absolute knowledge is to deny that there is a God who is the centre and Lord over all things and whose order and truth governs and is the source of all truth and knowledge. If there is no absolute knowledge in God and from God in his revelation, then the only absolute in any man's life is himself. Every man is his own God, his own law, and his own source of knowledge. His self-knowledge is the only knowledge possible to him, because there is then no other truth than man. Man's purpose becomes power over other men, that control over the world of men and things which will prove to himself that he is the God which he believes he is. As a result, he isolates himself from all men, withdraws into the solitariness of his imagined godhood, and, together with all the other men who delude themselves with the same pretensions of godhood, he becomes a member of the, quote, lonely crowd. Instead, he, instead of being a man among men, he sees himself as a god among men. His own goal becomes not to love or hate men, that is, to have personal relationships with them, but to use men, to manipulate them impersonally. As a result, in the name of humanity, this man-god treats mankind as an object to be used and manipulated. The modern humanist is in secession from society. He's in flight from knowledge and in full-scale retreat from reality. The humanist is compelled to deny the possibility of knowledge because it is the only possible way he can imagine of denying God. David declared, quote, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language, but their voice is not heard. End quote. Psalm 19, 1-3 As St. Paul said, quote, That which may be known of God is manifest in them, as God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, 
being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. End quote. Romans 1, 19 and 20. All man's knowledge witnesses to God, and the law and order of God's creation witnesses to God, so that man faces everywhere the inescapable knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is inescapable because all things were created by God and therefore witness to him. Every fact is a God-created fact and therefore can only witness to God. There are no brute facts in the universe, only God-created and God-ordained facts. Every fact therefore proclaims God when it is truly known. The only way the humanist believes that he can escape God is to deny the possibility of knowledge. The purpose of relativism in its every form is to shut the door in the face of God, to deny the possibility of all knowledge, because all knowledge testifies to God. It is not merely the denial of knowledge, but the intense flight from knowledge which characterizes relativism. Relativism is the modern form of atheism. It is far more radical than the older atheism, which merely denied God. Relativism denies not only God, but all knowledge. Relativism, therefore, unleashes the forces of total negation. It creates a hostility on all fronts to all law and order, to every institution except the power state. It attacks the family because it hits the ties of family love. Family love involves subordination to an accepted law and order, to parents, to the responsibility of being a husband or a wife. Such subordination and responsibility is intolerable to these humanistic gods, the only relationship tolerable to them is, quote, free love, unquote, that is, a relationship without obligation or responsibility, a relationship which can be assumed freely or dropped just as freely. It is an intolerable concept for these humanistic gods to be chained to domestic responsibilities. Total negation means total hatred. As a result, relativism attacks every kind of loyalty, faith, and responsibility. Love involves affirmation. Love means loyalty and association. It means responsibility. For men to maintain the illusion that they are the gods of creation, it is important for them to maintain their independence from all other men and from all ties and responsibilities. As a result, humanism leads to man's isolation from man, to man's hatred of every tie that binds him, every love that claims him. Total negation is total hatred. Total negation is also total ignorance. The flight from knowledge can culminate, logically, only in ignorance, because relativism and pragmatism are dedicated to a systematic ignorance of certain knowledge. It is not surprising, therefore, that progressive education produces academic ignorance, nor that existentialism breeds an unwashed, boorish and ignorant herd of followers. The flight from knowledge, however, is doomed to frustration. Since man also is a God-created fact, man can nowhere escape the knowledge of God, neither in the world nor in the recesses of his being. David made this clear in his inescapable knowledge of God in Psalm 139, 7-12. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, 
and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. End quote. Man can escape neither from God nor from the knowledge of God. St. Paul declared that, in the fullness of time, quote, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, end quote, Philippians 2, 10 to 11. The inescapable knowledge shall bring inescapable submission to Jesus Christ, either as Saviour or as Judge. The conclusion of the flight from knowledge is the grim reality of the inescapable knowledge of judgment. Every individual and every civilization is faced with the fact of inescapable knowledge. Either they dedicate themselves to the knowledge of God and the knowledge of all things in him, or they face the inescapable knowledge of God in the form of judgment. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.